Hi everyone, welcome to This is Lassonde, a podcast where we bring you stories from a diverse array of creators working to create positive change in the Lassonde community and beyond. My name is Denise and I'll be your host for today's episode. So sit back, relax, be inspired and learn something new with us. On today's episode, we have Adonai Garcia, who is in the second year of pursuing his Master of Civil Engineering degree here at Lassonde. Adonai is passionate about making transportation as safe, accessible, and environmentally friendly as possible. Throughout this discussion, he gives us examples of the research projects he's involved in relating to electric vehicles, from electric cargo bikes to the Sarit vehicles. We also hear about his experience biking across the Dominican Republic to raise awareness about the environmental impact of single-use plastic products. Finally, he gives us some tips on how to live a zero-waste lifestyle. Welcome to our podcast, Adonai. How's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a really busy summer, but uh, I survived and I'm ready for the next term. <laughs> awesome. So we know you are no stranger to this as you host a few podcasts yourself, but we will chat about that a little bit later. I want to start off by asking you if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are and what made you choose civil engineering. Uh, I'm Adonai Garcia, um, right now a second year master's student in transportation on the civil engineering program at York University. I'm from the Dominican Republic, so I know Spanish. Dominican Republic, the quality of life is not as good as Canada. I would say one of the things that someone or everyone does when getting a career and the money to do it is to build a house for their parents. Mm -hmm. um, that was the main reason why I chose um, civil engineering. I wanted to design that house to build that and to give it to my mom. After the first year, of course, that purpose changed. It made to everything about construction. Mm -hmm. I ended up loving transportation and working for private companies as consultant and, and uh, the government of the Dominican Republic as uh, traffic engineer. Okay, interesting. Um, I was even gonna ask like how you ended up getting into transportation if the main aim was to build houses. But anyway, thank you for explaining that. Um, so you have an illustrious academic career and working career too. You have two other master's degrees from Spain. And what I'm curious about now is what made you choose Lausanne for your third master's degree? COVID. I was supposed to start my master's in Spain and, and leave the experience of our university away from home. But COVID became a reality. I ended up doing two masters at the same time for many years. So I started applying for universities around the world, um, UK, Germany, United States, Canada. I was accepted in every university I applied, but uh, the only one who called me to work with me on the topic I've been working for the last five years, which is bikes, um, was in the sun. Um, Dr. Kevin Dinbeck was my supervisor nowadays and my career mentor. So that's why I chose uh, Lausanne, and I feel like Lausanne chose me. Awesome. Um, so speaking about your supervisor and everything, what I'm curious about here is your research with um, electro cargo bikes. I would love if you could talk to the audience about that, like what the big picture idea is behind that research, what exactly you guys have been working on, and yeah. Okay. Bikes in general are tool for transportation engineers. Uh, trying to improve the mobility of the cities around the world. But bikes can be used for multiple purposes, like urban deliveries. With, um, we have to fight that problem that logistic companies have uh, whenever we're moving merchandise from the nearest distribution. Think about whenever you buy something on Amazon, that's something that we have to deal with. Because uh, trucks and vans are expensive, uh, expensive to buy them, not being operated. 
and the company has to cover additional costs such as parking fines, especially internal and uh, congestion charges in some mm. cities. Uh, and don't forget about like how bad these models are for the environment. Mm -hmm. So electric cargo bikes or electric cargo cycles, which is the, the name my professor likes to call them, um, can solve that problem. But we have to deal, like we have other problems because we have to deal with batteries. Right now, are very expensive. Um, not as a truck, but well, you know, like for sure they are expensive. Whenever you you're talking about like cost to you, I don't know, six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars, and you have to buy a a battery every year that costs you fifteen hundred dollars. You know, it's that's quite expensive. Of course, it's it's bad for the environment too if it's not recycled on the right way, which is the case nowadays. Um, so. Just to get to my research, uh, the idea of this project is to improve the efficiency of these bikes in terms of the energy and the routes they should take so people can use less batteries uh, and use them for more years. Uh, that would motivate like small companies to shift their leads because right now they're using vans or using um, trucks uh, to operate in the city and of course the riders mm -hmm. who will get the best possible route okay. for their work day, you know. It's not easy to carry like a hundred pounds on a bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. So I'm going to switch topics up a little bit. I've seen this, the REITs vehicles around campus. And for those of you who don't know what they are or haven't seen them, these are micro-mobility electric vehicles that are part of a really cool and new initiative, which the SAND and the SAND's BEST program are a part of. So to start off, could you explain to the audience what micro-mobility means in relation to the REIT vehicles? Yeah, perfect. Um, three, yeah, it's just starting right now, but micro mobility is a term that refers to a wide range of small, lightweight vehicles that operate at slow speeds, you know, and generally they're driven by one person. Okay. So um, in this category, you can find bicycles, cargo bikes, um, okay. scooters, skateboards, and the Sarees which are small electric cars with a range of 100 kilometers per chart. They are designed for cities like Toronto and Canada. They're more willing to use their cars than the public transportation system. They have to travel every day. Um, York University was selected by Mr. Frank Strona to pilot these vehicles and we'll see where other users we can find for them. So yeah, that's the whole survey thing. Okay, interesting. Um, so how are you involved in this project? Because I know there are a lot of different aspects to it. There's a lot of different work being done from looking at lithium batteries to pedestrian warning technology to market research. So how exactly, what role did you play specifically? Well, um, as a master's student, I'm taking the boring side of the project. The undergrad side, I the ones like making the physical changes, like putting their hands on the vehicle. But I help sometimes. But I'm actually in charge of the data analysis, which is a, a very important part of the whole process and the one that allows us to make uh, better decisions. Um, we are at the very beginning stage of this four years project. Okay. I'm really interested in this project, so I definitely will be keeping up with the work you guys are doing, which I think is really awesome, by the way. Um, so your work, a lot of it ties into the 11th Sustainable Development Goal, which is Sustainable Cities and Communities. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Sustainable Development Goals I'm referring to here are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. 
Um, I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail later, but I'm saying this because like, obviously you're doing this work to achieve something. So I want to hear it straight from you. What impact would this vehicle have on society? Yeah, well, um, I would say that every project that pushes the conventional cars and the conventional way we move nowadays in cities out of the streets, in urban settings especially, it's a project that helps reduce car accidents, improve walkability, and help the environment. And the main goal of the SDG 11, and you can correct me uh, about that, it's to make cities and human settlements like inclusive and sustainable. That's right. And whenever you're working with this kind of project, that's what you get, you know, like you're getting like people out of their cars and trying to improve walkability. The project that I'm doing with the car bikes. And um, and if those are not enough reasons for people to change the way they move, think about the gas prices now. Yeah. And, and we consider this. But that's the, the big picture in terms of like inclusive, like putting like people in, giving them the opportunity to use these kind of vehicles. Um, and not based on the amount of money they have, because they're really cheap. You compare them with cars and stuff like that. So you're not giving, like, living to anyone. Uh, as I told you, you're making the streets safer because you're getting like, the vehicles go fast um, out of the streets. And that reduces the car accident. You know, like you're changing that setting. And of course, if you're getting the vehicle in the city all the time, you're getting men out, you're making the city more mm-hmm. resilient to climate change. And even the cities, since citizens improve their health by walking, biking, you know, because whenever you're promoting this kind of vehicles, these kind of uh, projects in a city, you're telling the people like, hey, you can do more exercise yeah, and still mm-hmm. go to work. You can be outside, you know, you can walk. You don't have to feel that unsafe mm-hmm. because there, there is a vehicle like passing by, um, and by your street at 60 kilometers. Those are the things that you, you actually um, achieve uh, with these kind of projects. But that's the big picture, you know, okay. thinking about the SDG goals and everything. But if you think about the students working on this project and, and programs like the, the Virgin Entrepreneurial in Science and Technology, which is the, the best program, um, this is a life-changing opportunity. The things we learn uh, here will make us a better professionals and get us ready for real world. If the project itself doesn't work, don't worry. The people involved in the kind of projects will work on something related a few years later. So that's a win-win thing. It's not only the CDs, not only future generations. It's the people involved in the kind of projects. No, well, I think that's really good. And that what I like most about what you said just now is the fact that um, cost-effectiveness is also a big um, deal for you. Speaking of BEST, we did a whole um, episode on BEST with a colleague of yours, Artem, and um, I hear you guys have a podcast together. So can you please tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's Artem. I, I love Artem. Um, we're part of the BEST program, but uh, we're also part of like IT, CGSA, UTSA, you know, we're together a bunch of things at the university. And we started a podcast with Civil Engineering Graduate Students Association. As a graduate association, we don't receive the, the support uh, we need from the university. And of course, we don't have a lot of the students to support this kind of projects. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. we're trying to compete with you. Not at all. <laughs> but we're just trying to connect professors and graduate students in a better way. We see the uh, feedback from students. Like they didn't know their professors. And they knew what their professors were doing, but not in a way that knowing like personal stuff. Like in the podcast, we asked them like, hey, what do you like? What do you do outside the university? Just like this kind of conversation that we have. Yeah, but yeah. 
So that's what we're trying to do with that um, podcast. Okay. Um, just so you know, we don't mind the competition. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So competition is good. It's good. It's good. And the more the merrier, you know, because at the end of the day, we're, we're just trying to help people. We're helping the students and we're educating people and everything. So it's okay. The more the merrier. So, so on your episode, um, the one we just spoke about, you spoke about the app you ride or why you ride. Um, I think you were involved in that as well. Yes. Uh, yes. Autumn is pushing me the first day to be part of this, like all the projects around the university. Uh, every opportunity that we see, we just jump in. And for sure, when Autumn described in a better way, uh, but in simple words, like why you ride. Um, we're going to change that name and we're going to let you know later why, but it's a ride sharing platform for the university community. So if you want to come to, to campus, but if you don't have a car and, and public transportation, it's not an option for you. It takes a lot of time. You can use all the app or why you ride and connect with the York university student or staff to pick you up and share the kid perspective. Okay. You get faster, more comfortable and safer knowing that the person who's driving you is a college. Mm -hmm. you know, it's part of the York University community because the only way you can access to the app is using your passport. It's made for the York University community itself. We're working with the authorities. We're working with uh, the university to make this app safer and of course like, useful for all the students. That sounds like a really great app. And um, for those of you listening, if you'd like to learn more, I highly recommend you check the episode of This Is The Sound about the best program so you can learn more about what they do and um, specifically more about how Why You Ride was founded or how Why You Ride was founded. Um, by the way, before I forget, congratulations on receiving the S3GIS scholarship. Um, tell us what this achievement meant for you and how you got it. Um, I'll thank you. In that moment, it meant a lot to me. And I want to thank uh, Professor Machkandi. Um, at the project, I got this scholarship for was a project I've been working since 2019. And actually, I was one of my thesis projects for the first master's I did in Spain uh, on Smart Lovely Um Its name is uh, Malpatiao Oti. <laughs> which is like Rome Park, and, and it is the first platform to record um, illegal parking in public spaces in the Dominican Republic. But this time I'm using like SV technology. And that's why it, it meant a lot to me. I want this scholarship with a project I brought from my home country. Uh, it put me on the map and the eyes of people in Canada and it opened the doors to new experiences. Before I touched these kind of areas, you know, like I touched the RGIS, um, all those technologies, but I never taste them. So yeah, it was great. It sounds awesome. And um, what I want to know now is what exactly S3 technology is. Okay, S3. Um, it's a company. It's an international uh, supplier of GIS systems. And GIS stands for Geographic Information System. Or GIS, which is one of the tools that we use in the sound engineering, which is a map system where you can actually like put information there. And you can create apps, um, like using geographic information, uh, you know, like it's the new way of making maps, um, the way, you know, like Google maps works, like you have all the information in a map, you just have to click on the location of that uh, place that you want to know, and you're going to have the website, you're going to have all the information. So S3 is one of the companies that are leading that sector and, um, you know, with the uh, softwares like RGIS and all the 
software is related to it, um, you can create a bunch of like maps and apps and stuff for it. Um, helping people and um, for developing your projects. Like Sarit, Sarit is using Algeria. You know, I'm using Algeria for my electrical bike research, you know, and uh, there are a lot of things that you can do with it. Nice. So I know a little bit about the ArcGIS technology because of the undergrad research conference that we just had. And we had a lot of awesome projects that also tapped into that technology. So um, if we could move to another topic a little bit, um, as I'm sure you know, the UN SDGs are really important to Lassonde. I know that in 2020, you spearheaded an initiative that directly relates to the 13th SDG, which is climate action. Um, you took a bike trip around the Dominican Republic to bring awareness to problems involving single-use plastic products and pollution. This sounds like an awesome initiative, to say the very least. I would love to hear more about this. Oh, my God, that trip. I love that. Uh, it was just amazing. Uh, I'm going to start like talking about the organization that planned everything, uh, which is Way de Aperto in Spanish and in English is Green uh, Footprint. And uh, that's the name of the group. And it is like a bike club. Uh, we started like a bike club, you know, that promotes the reduction of plastic on bikes and bones. Like whenever we would have an event, the Dominican Republic is very popular for having international bike events. Um, they were using, well, uh, plastic bottles, like water, plastic bottles uh, all the time. And, uh, and you had like 3,000 riders participating in, in those events. And most of them were drinking, I don't know, three, four uh, plastic water bottles. Like it, it was crazy. And at the end, we had to uh, collect all those plastic and put it in, in the garbage because the Dominican Republic system is not that good. So we created this whole group just to, instead of using um, the plastic water bottles, we use these tanks with waters and they could be filled with water bottles, like reusable water bottles. And uh, in that sense, actually in the first year, we reduced more than 15,000 plastic water bottles in, in bike events. So we were doing that work for a while and decided to go to different places to show them how to do what we do, you know? So we, we took this trip, uh, an 18 days trip, uh, 16,000 kilometers, 22 provinces. And yes, the uh, Dominican Republic has more provinces than Canada. <laughs> and seven people that uh, decided to go out with them on their bikes and, and clubs, uh, churches, and people from uh, rural parts of the country to teach them how to protect their, um, their home. I would say by reducing plastic. Um, in those participants, like, I was the youngest one because uh, all of the people there were just like very like national athletes on, on bikes. It, it was a great opportunity for me to be with them, to learn from them. Um, we had to wake up at 5 a.m. every day to be ready to go out at 6.30 and, and finish our day at 5 p.m. to stop by places I never visited before. We saw everything, yeah. Kids um, getting inspired by us, rivers getting clean, national parks being destroyed, uh, people working on really good projects to protect their communities. And, and of course, COVID coming a pandemic on day 13. So we were on the track while the COVID was becoming pandemic. Oh no, <laughs> that must have been scary. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I remember we were in a hotel, like, watching on the news, the director of who talking about that. This pandemic now, like, every country has to close. And my country was having, uh, five days after that, was having an uh, election. And it was, like, they were not uh, willing to close anything. So we, we took advantage of that because we finished the whole trip. And it was, it was great. That sounds crazy, to say the least. Um, but um, what I'm curious about now is what ex- inspired you to raise awareness on this issue? Um, I've been advocating for this kind of stuff since 2017. And uh, in 2018, that became a zero waste. And, um, and for those who don't know what a zero waste is, it's someone that promotes uh, the reduction of waste in any possible way. It's not only about reducing plastic, reducing packaging even if it's a packaging it's, it's bored you know like so I, I kept doing that with my friends only and like only with my friends you know like talking about that like this these are the stuff that you should do to reduce the impact that you can have with future generations and i did that until 2020 yes during the pandemic um and i decided to open that year um a zero waste store in the dominican republic with my brother um we had to close it recently. We spent like two years working on it, but based on the things that are happening, you know, the war in Ukraine, the pandemic and everything that's happening around the world. And I'm here in Canada. So my brother needs help or we had to close it. Um, so yeah, this is a lifestyle. I, I feel like, I, I like to feel that, that what I'm doing is not affecting others. And when I say others, I just don't talk about humans. I'm talking about animals. I'm talking about ecosystems and, and future generations. Um, and, and I teach others by doing, not forcing them. So uh, I do my best. And my best has been, you know, like showing people how I live. Like even here in Canada, I've been like, uh, you know, promoting that, reducing the, the amount of waste that I produce. I take my garbage like every month. I don't have to take it out every week or every day because I don't produce a lot of garbage compared to others. So that's that's part of uh again um inspired me to raise awareness on this kind of issue. That's amazing. What I wanna ask you now is what tips do you have for our listeners on how to reduce their waste at home? And I also ask this for my own benefit because I don't know how I can go about that. <laughs> No, I know. I have some friends here in Canada. They they asked me to like how how can you do that in Canada? Even if you go to places like Walmart, you can find uh, products like they don't use plastic um, containers. You know, they they use better containers that you can actually recycle. But you also have bulk stores. You know, where you can buy bulk stuff. Like you can take your containers. I go to Bulkmart. That's the name. I go there and I take all my containers and I just refill them with the things that they have. And of course, I had to change my uh, diet. I had to change the way I was eating stuff. Because uh, sometimes you don't find them in a, in a container that you would like to to use. And, and yeah, so you have here in Canada a lot of uh, options. You just have to try to change that mindset. That everything that I see, I just take it. You have to think about that. Like, hey, I'm thirsty, I know, but I'd rather like drinking water from a water fountain than buying a plastic water. You know, it's a mindset. It's not. It's not what it is available. Um, it's the way you think, and it's just um, something that becomes part of you. You know, like for for some moment, like 
I was not using Keychain. Uh, I was using um, Honey Mint and a combination of baking stuff or baking soda to brush my teeth. And, and, and I go to the dentist and they say that it's, it's looking good, you know. Like right now, I'm, I'm not using that, that kind of um, toothpaste because I had a surgery recently. But uh, when I have the, the opportunity, I just go back to that. And I don't have to buy these tubes that we can't recycle, you know, and, and it's going to be there for like 400 years outside. You know, it's, it's, it's just like, as I told you, so it's a lifestyle. You got to be aware of the things that you have and, and things that you have to change around you with your diet and things that you do. For example, I'm, I haven't bought a, a, a car here in Canada. I'm using a bike. I'm using public transportation. That's part of being a zero waster too. It's not only about things that you eat, but things that you do. Awesome. Um, so as we round off our um, interview with you, which I really enjoyed, by the way, um, I want to ask you something. You seem to have a lot on your plate. How do you establish work-life balance and what do you enjoy doing outside of work and school? <laughs> yeah, that I do. And, and, and that's because I, I decided to, to, to be that way. I feel like now I'm more productive whenever I'm busy. So I try to be busy every day. I don't take chances like to, to be on bed uh, the whole day. I just want to do something, even if that's something that's like going out with my dog or working on the lab or my research and stuff like that. And, and I think I learned how to deal with all of that during my high school. Um, I say yes to everything and open my mind to try new things, even if I don't know anything about them. It's just like the, the zero waste stuff, like you need okay. to change your mindset. You need to be open uh, to change them into a set new challenges, you know. Uh, outside of work and school, I like to be with uh, my dog, who is my best friend. And it's been with me the last four years. It's been a really great uh, company during the pandemic and during my year in my first year in Canada. So I, I love him. Um, going out with my friends, like Autumn, so I was open to have a great time and fun. Um, Camping, biking, traveling to new playrooms, meeting new people, involving to everything I needed, sending a positive message. So that's all kind of stuff that I do outside of work and, and school. Awesome. Um, one last question for you. You seem to be very passionate about sustainable transportation technologies. Um, you have found what you want to do. And what I want to ask you is, what advice do you have for Lausanne students on how to find something they are passionate about? Because it can be hard to navigate, you know, while you're like trying out a lot of things and then now zoning in or honing in on what exactly you want to do. What advice do you have in terms of how to get there? It's really hard to get an advice because everyone is different in a bunch of different ways. Um, you need to go on to experiment, to have fun, to meet people. You never know when you're going to find what you're passionate for. And at some point, you would think engineering is not for you. You think that you're an engineer, and you say that's a tool. Because that's what it is. Engineering is a tool to get what you want for you and for others. So um, I guess I just do like be open to different stuff every day, like challenge yourself. All the way, you're going to find what you are passionate about. Um, for me, like... I wanted to work with uh, water distribution systems and stuff like that. I really, uh, I really like that. But at the end of my career, I ended up working on transportation because 
I decided to, instead of like staying in the water distribution system area, I was just like open to experiment other stuff, you know? And, and at the end, I discovered that transportation was my, my thing. And traveling and stuff like that, I discovered that I would like to work on things that I'm doing with transportation to promote, you know, green initiatives. Because uh, I like that too. So don't worry. You don't have to find something that you're passionate about inside the university or inside your career. You can get out of it. It's just as I told you, you said, like at the end, you studied engineering because you liked something about it. Um, you said as a tool to do what you like and what you're passionate for. So that's uh, my advice. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again, Adonai. We really enjoyed having you on the podcast. And yeah, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. I know that after today's chat, I was inspired to take a look at the number of single-use plastics that cross my path every day. We hope you learned something new about the impact that electric vehicles could have on society. Until next time, thanks for listening to This is Lasagne.